Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. We have got NBA to talk about. The Stanley Cup playoffs continue on. Mike Budenholzer is out as head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks as he has been fired after their first-round exit to the Miami Heat. Last night, uh, the Celtics rolled over the Sixers, and no surprise to me that James Harden, after uh, tying his postseason career high with 45, was absolutely invisible. 2 of 12, 0 of 6 from downtown. Uh, typical James Harden. Now, that's not why Philadelphia lost. They lost because the entire team was terrible. Uh, but Boston steamrolled them with the return of Joel Embiid. It's going to take a while. If if he's able to get to 100%, we don't know. But, I mean, Harden was absolutely terrible. I mean, that was that was awful. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, the big Giants defensive lineman, $90 million contract extension. You got Lamar Jackson with his new wide receivers. Says that he wants to throw for 6,000 yards. We have got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I hope you can join me coming up in one hour from now over on YouTube. We'll utilize the uh, chat messages and you can fire away and ask me uh, anything you want uh, in terms of storytelling, things that you want me to uh, talk about, an individual player, an era, you know, things of that nature. Lakers, Warriors, uh, they tip off. Uh, in two hours from right now, and you would have to say it's a fairly important game for the Golden State Warriors, and you would think that they would bounce back. It seems like whenever the Warriors have to win a game, they win a game. Not a lot of turnaround now. You know, not a lot of turnaround. You go Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Warriors at home, an absolutely huge game. All right, who wants to get the show rolling? Hit that hand icon, and uh, we will do it, all right? Whatever you want to talk about, hit me up, and we'll do it. Again, don't forget to join me over on my YouTube channel uh, coming up in an hour on If You Don't Like That. Last night, I was watching the uh, hockey game with Vegas and Edmonton, and one of my best friends is the man that put together the Vegas Golden Knights. He's the president of the whole organization from a hockey perspective. And uh, I congratulated him. And I'm like, man, that was one hell of a hockey game. And, uh, and I said, uh, their power play is scary. And he responded. He goes, thanks, Napes. 97 and 29 are unbelievable. He doesn't normally send me a message about the other team. But he just sent me that simple message. 97 and 29 
are unbelievable. That would be Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl had four goals last night. I was speaking with Connor on the show yesterday. And, well, actually, he's here right now, so we'll continue. Connor, remember what I said about the power play? You can I, I said, these power plays, especially Edmonton, it might be the best power play in the history of the game. You cannot give them a power play, all right? And so, you know, Vegas found that out in the game last night early. Um, you cannot give that team a power play. That was a hell of a game, though. I know that you're disappointed that Edmonton lost, but that was one hell of a game. Yeah, it was a great game, and it was – both the storylines of the Oilers' star power and the balance of the Golden Knights really excelled and showed out last night. I mean, Dreisaitl was like, you know, it, this is the closest thing that I've seen to Wayne Gretzky and Yari Curry, which is before your time. But when Edmonton won their Stanley Cups in the 80s, they had the most amazing lineup. Think about this. They had Wayne Gretzky. They had Mark Messier. They had Yari Curry. They had Glenn Anderson on defense. They had Paul Coffey. I mean, and I'll, I'll just stop right there. And I don't know if these names resonate with you, but Leon Dreisaitl and, you know, Connor McDavid are, are the closest thing to Wayne Gretzky and either Mark Messier or Wayne Gretzky and Yari Curry. You can pick, you can pick your boys in there, but it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing how good they are. This series, Connor, I can't imagine this series not going the distance. Like, I can't imagine this series not going seven games. I really can't. Yeah, it was just incredible. And I got my first taste of the Golden Knights pregame rituals and stuff. That was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. I mean, that, that's been uh, it's pretty, you know, the, I'm, and I'm not saying this because of my friend. I'm just saying this. What happened in Vegas, bringing hockey there as an expansion franchise and having them go to the Stanley Cup Finals their first year. And they've been good every year with the exception of last year because they were decimated by injuries. And here they are again with the best record in the Western Conference. It's pretty amazing what they've done in Vegas and the fact that they sell out every game. And it is a must-see event if you're in Vegas to try, and I say try to get a ticket to go to a hockey game. Yeah, and you got to tip your hat to your friend there because he built a team that is balanced and strong from top to bottom. I think I saw 11 different players at a point yesterday, which was just the polar opposite from what the Oilers did. Dreisaitl had yep. five points on four goals, so or five goals, so it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, George is a strong believer in the culture and the locker room. Like he, he's a real big believer of that. He'll go for a player that might be a little less talented if they have the other intangibles. You know, if it's between a, a, a stud stud or a guy that might not be as good, but is a better locker room fit, better culture, you know, he's really into that. I mean, he really is. That is really big on his radar. And when he put this team together, you know, he obviously had a philosophy and he was right. You know, I mean, he literally made all the trades. He put the team together. Now, Kelly McCrimmon is now the general manager of Vegas, George let Kelly, who was his right-hand man, uh, he elevated him to general manager in Georgia is now that oversees everything. But nothing happens in that organization without George saying, yeah, that's a great move. But, you know, Kelly also now has a degree of power in that organization to make moves as he sees fit. And, you know, obviously his job is on the line if it doesn't work out. 
but what they've done in Vegas is pretty remarkable. But I'll tell you, this series, when you have Leon Dreisaitl and you have Connor McDavid, who are really, I mean, let's just call it, they're really unstoppable as far as hockey goes. The, the Oilers are going to win. They're going to win several games in this series. They're just too good not to. Yeah, last thing about that game, it was, I mean, I'm no hockey expert. I watch all the games and everything, but that second goal that Dreisaitl scored where he banked it off the goalie's helmet, I mean, does that oh, happen often? Or does, that, does that take special talent to do? It happens occasionally. I wouldn't say it happens often. I've seen that before where a player scores from the back of the goal where they're able to basically flip the puck from behind the net off the back of the goalie and get a bounce into the net. So it happens. And I wouldn't definitely, it does not happen often, but I've seen it before. That's cool. And then switching to the NBA, what do you think about the Bucks firing Mike Budenhoser? Do you think he's kind of a scapegoat or do you think he was really one of the problems for their lack of success this year? A little bit of both. I mean, I think their lack of success in the playoffs was that Giannis Adetokounmpo was not healthy, to be honest with you. But, I mean, you know, Mike was the head coach of the Hawks before Milwaukee, and they were good every year. But then when the playoffs began, they got beat. And there's a lot of criticism about Budenholzer not being a big-game coach. Now, two years ago, they won the championship, okay? But they also – a lot of people feel that they got very lucky – due to the way the injuries broke in that 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 playoffs. But you, you cannot you can never take that championship away from him. But there are many that feel that Mike Budenholzer is just he's a good coach, but he's nothing more than that. And he's not a good big game coach. So I was a little surprised to see it based on Giannis and his injury in the first round. I, I was a little surprised. But I, I've always said this being within an organization for so long, you never really know what's going on behind the walls of the organization. And what you think you know very often is not really the truth. I, I've learned that for many, many years that fans always think they know what's going on. They think, and very often they're wrong. So again, I'm, without being within the walls of that organization, it's difficult for me to say, but uh, there are many that feel that Mike Budenholzer is not a good big game coach. Do you think it would be accurate to say that he'll have another coaching job this next season? Yes. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Next season? No, I don't think that's accurate. I think he will have another head coaching job, but I wouldn't go out and say it's going to be this season. I mean, I'm trying to think of how many how many jobs are open right now. Yeah, I guess not too many anymore. Yep, right. And, then yeah, and the I other thing that's going to hurt – the other thing that's hurting Mike Budenholzer and other coaches like Dave Yeager – and others who, you know, have had good stints in other uh, area, other teams is that it's become the in thing sexy now to hire former players that are very inexperienced as coaches. You know, we saw it with Steve Nash. You know, we saw it with Jason Kidd. You know, we've seen it with Tyron Lue. We've seen it, although some of them have worked as assistant coaches. But the point is, you know, Chauncey Billups, okay? we the, the the trend now in the NBA is to hire, you know, former players that don't have a lot of coaching experience. So that that can go against Mike Budenholzer as well. But do I think he'll be a head coach again? Yes, I do. And then last couple of things, switching to the NFL, obviously the Dexter Lawrence extension, it was big news for Giants fans. Huge. You like the way that they spent that money and do you think it was a good deal for them? I think he is the most important part of the defense and what he did last year, not only against the run, 
but against the, the and sacking the quarterback. I mean, you know, Leonard Williams was the guy, and Dexter Lawrence came in. I think that they they work well as a tandem. Do I think yes? I think it was an absolute must to give him that kind of a contract. And it's a lot of money, but he is there's a guy that's worth it based on what he's done. He would be the guy. Yeah, I totally agree. And then the big thing I wanted to talk about today, you talked about, I think it was yesterday or a couple of days ago with kind of like the family members and stuff of NFL players or NBA players getting them in the trouble and being in the news and using social media instead of just staying out of it. Well, I saw that Brittany Mahomes decided she was asked about the Patrick Mahomes' brother and his situation. She said that Jackson is just trying to live his life and people need to shut up about it. So I thought that was pretty interesting commentary about a crime that he was accused of. Really? And she said people just need to shut up about it? Yeah. And that he's just trying to live that. his life by committing wow. whatever we saw on camera there. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, he was charged, and again, help me out with this, for uh, a sexual assault, was he not? Yeah. Okay. And she, and again, I'm, I'm asking a question because I don't know. I didn't see it. And she said that people just need to leave their life. Um, again, he's innocent until proven guilty, but that's, that's, wow. I, I don't know what else to say about that other than, wow. Right. I really don't. I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah. She said something along the lines of you can't judge Jackson until you walk around in his shoes and live in his experiences but i don't when does anything of any type really resort to making it okay to do something like that you know again he is innocent until proven guilty but uh when you harm a another human being okay again again innocent until proven guilty but when you harm another human being and i'm looking up this now as you're talking to me then that's wrong okay yeah so Brittany holmes says jackson mahomes was just trying to live his life and people should shut up after being arrested for sexual battery man i, I don't really know what else to say other than she deserves all of the heat and criticism that's going to be coming her way. I'll just leave it at that. She is going. If she is going to deserve. She has earned all of the ridicule and all of the criticism that is going to be coming her way. All right. Yeah, that's spot on. I just you feel for Patrick with his inner circle just just become a dumpster fire at this point. Um, his brother. And again, I'm, I, I don't have everything in front of me. His brother, to me, from where I'm at, seems like a complete embarrassment to both Patrick and the family. Now, I may be wrong, but I'm just telling you that's the way I see it, that he is an absolute embarrassment to the entire family. That's how I look at it. And for Brittany Mahomes, Patrick's wife, okay, to respond after asked on her Instagram who again was arrested yesterday, all right, for sexual battery after forcibly kissing a bar owner in the back room multiple times against her consent earlier this year. 
again, innocent until proven guilty. But her response, quote, they are ignorant. He is a human just trying to live his life and find his way. And until you walk a day in his shoes, which no one ever will, you have no right to say shit about him. Interesting. Just trying to live his life and find his way. Do you think that the alleged victim here, okay, is a human too? And she's just trying to live her life? I mean, I just don't really understand how, what would go through someone's mind who's in the public eye because your husband is the biggest star in the National Football League and you would make a comment like that. That that is that defies logic to me. Yeah, this is obviously the worst we've had from Jackson Mahomes, but this is the same guy that did a TikTok dance right in front of Sean Taylor's memorial. So, I mean, nothing surprises me in 2023. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I don't really know what else to add on this story. I'm glad you brought it to my attention because I was not aware of it and I did not see this. But this is uh, in, embarrassing, okay, that people are ignorant and that he's a human just trying to live his life, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and then she also added, so it's best to just shut up. How about that? How about that? Yeah, yeah. maybe she can take her own advice and shut up on social media and clapping back at people whenever they say anything. Yeah, by the way, just for the record, since you brought this to my attention and I am researching it as you're talking to me, his lawyer, okay, said, quote, Jackson has done nothing wrong. Our investigation has revealed substantial evidence refuting the claims of Jackson's accuser, including the statements of several witnesses. We have reached out to law enforcement to provide the fruit of our investigation so that they may have a complete picture of the matter. Again, there's two sides to every story. so. You know, I, I will just leave it at that. Yeah, it's a real shame. That's all I got today. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, bud. Bye-bye. All right, let's move on. If you want to get in on the program, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Even if those allegations are false, his arrest, she still should not be making those type of comments on social media, considering who her husband is, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. It really is. All right, if you want to talk about anything going on in the world of sports, we can do it. Uh, if you can, try to join me in about 40 minutes over on uh, YouTube, if you don't like that. And we'll see how that goes on this Thursday. NBA, you think that the Warriors are going to even up their series? Who's going to guard Anthony Davis? Who's going to try to stop? Anthony Davis, who was an unstoppable force in game one. I mean, as good as Kevon Looney was in the Sacramento series, he didn't have to go against Anthony Davis in that series. And Draymond Green's too small. You know, they don't really have, well, there's really, I don't know who, who in the league could guard Anthony Davis when he's on. The problem is how long is he going to be healthy, as we've always known with AD. It's about can he stay healthy. And he has not shown any ability at all to be able to stay healthy. I don't know why we would think he'd be staying healthy through this entire playoff run. But if he does, the Lakers are going to be a very tough out. If he does, they're going to be a very tough out. But again, uh, in the NBA tonight, you got the Lakers uh, and the Warriors.
you know, we talked about this with uh, Ryan and Sacktown yesterday about the, uh, pro, uh, you know, again, the season ending meet the press with Mike Brown, with Monty McNair, you know, the players did their exit interviews and now they have begun their off season. It, it, it is still difficult to believe that in game seven, your best defender on Steph Curry only played eight minutes and change. It's still hard to believe. And I heard Mike Brown's answer. I went back and watched what he had to say about Terrence Davis. And that's a coach's decision. And for the record, I don't think the Kings would have won that game anyway. But I, I just don't understand how you can see a player go for 50 points and a guy that had been pretty good on him in the previous games only played eight minutes. And the reason for your decision was because of what happened in game six. But anyone that watched game six knew that the Warriors just had a collectively, a collective off night. Collectively, they were not, they were not, for whatever reason, they were not ready to play. They, you, you could see that. They, that was not the Golden State Warriors team that you're accustomed to seeing, including Steph Curry. So you're going to use that game as your example? I mean, and listen, I, Mike Brown was obviously a great coach this year. I'm not jumping on his case. What I am saying is, if anyone knows about the Warriors not playing well in game six, it's Mike Brown. Nobody would know that better than Mike Brown. Okay? I mean, no, no discredit to the Kings, because the Kings played very well in that game. But that wasn't just the Kings playing very well and the Warriors playing very well and the Kings won. No, no, no. That was the Kings playing very well and the Warriors playing very poorly. That's what that game was about. It was basically the opposite of game three. Although I don't think the Warriors played very well in game three. But, you know, if you were to make any decisions about game four from a Warriors perspective based about what happened in game three, that would make no sense because anybody that watched the Kings all year and watched the Kings play in games one and two would not have judged anything by what you saw in game three. The Kings were just horrible. Okay. It, it, it wouldn't have mattered how well the Warriors played that game. The Kings were not going to win that game. They were terrible. I think it was maybe the worst game they played all year. Game six for the Warriors. And again, I don't watch the Warriors play every game. Had to be one of the worst games of the year. So as a coach, you're going to make decisions in a winner-take-all elimination game in game seven based on what happened in game six. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me. And it, it still doesn't make sense to me. Oh, and by the way, you know, Mike Brown, who put Terrence Davis as the guy instead of Davion Mitchell, the guy that he was guarding for a big part of the game scored 50 points. So it obviously was the wrong decision. Let's just let's go there. Okay. And again, I you know, you can criticize. I mean, he's Mike Brown's a head coach in the NBA. That's what we do. I also understand he did a great job this year, but that doesn't mean you can't criticize the guy. It was the wrong choice, plain and simple. He made the wrong choice. Now, again, I don't think the Kings would have won the game, but maybe the game would have been close in the fourth quarter, and you never know. So that's the way I look at that. All right, if you want to get in on the program, raise your hand. And we will do it, all right? If you want to talk about the NBA playoffs, 
I'm curious if Kings fans even care about the Warriors-Lakers series. I would say probably not, right? Two teams you despise. You just saw your team lose in seven. It's painful. The last thing you want to do is watch games. I get that. Let's get to Waggus. Waggus, how are you today? Waggus. All right, Waggus. Hit me up again. We'll go through the process and we'll see if we can get you back on. All right, while we do that, we get to Mike. Mike, welcome to the show. Good to have you on the program today, Mike. Hey, Grant. How's it going, bud? Good, Mike. What's up? You know, uh, you just asked a question if we care. Uh, I kind of care because I like uh, watching these Warrior fans or Laker fans be miserable. So I kind of hope the Warriors win tonight. Okay. I can accept that answer. And uh, I have a little question. Um, I was kind of surprised the Kings didn't make a change to their starting lineup when Herder was in his slump. I know you that's your guy. And Herder actually played outside of shooting the ball. Herder actually played really well. Well, first of all, he's not my guy. He's not my guy. I don't know why you would use that type of, uh, you know, wording. He's not my guy. Um, And I also did a rant on this saying that I don't think he should be. I I think there should be a lineup change. I can't remember what game. I think I did it for game seven. I did my rant that morning and said, you know, it's time to make some lineup changes. But he's not my guy. But um, I I, I I misspoke on that. I thought I thought he was terrible in the playoffs. I thought he was awful, and I'm with you. I I'm surprised by that too, Mike. I I misspoke on that. I meant like Mike Brown's guy or the Kings guy. Like he's your starting shooting guard. Like you don't want to break him by benching him, but why not start Davion and match minutes with Steph Curry and just play that whole game again? You know. I, again, I don't know why. There wasn't a lineup change. I don't think I would have started Davion Mitchell because I think in order to beat the Warriors, you also have to have a degree of offense. And that is an unknown from game to game with Mitchell. But I get your point. I think that there should have been a lineup change with how bad he was playing. I mean, clearly Kevin Herter had lost his confidence. I mean, everyone could see that. Yep. Well, that's all I got, Grant. Thank you. Hey, hey, Mike, thank you for calling. You take care. Have a good day. All right, let's get to uh, Waggus again. Waggus? We'll try you here. How are you, buddy? There we go. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. What's happening? Uh, Nothing. Just yesterday when this, you know, whole thing happened with Jackson Mahomes, I I was really hoping for Patrick, uh, you know, his his bigger brother's sake that nobody else from his family would, you know, say something stupid. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And obviously, we know that there's a system in this country, innocent and proven guilty, I don't know if you've seen the video, though, Grant. There's, like, a video of this incident. And, um, you know, I mean, if you really slow down and you look at that video, whether you think he's guilty or not, there's certainly enough there to arrest the guy. And quite frankly, the only reason why he wasn't arrested a long time ago because he's probably Patrick's brother. So I, I just, I just kind of think that it's very unfair to Patrick Mahomes, who's such a phenomenal talent. I mean, he, he's a Super Bowl MVP multiple times, and we should really be talking about you know, him and and his greatness, but, you know, it's, it's pretty sad, but I guess my question to you is, is that, you know, like, how does, how does an athlete like that control his family? Or do you think that there's like nothing he can do? It's like a lose, lose situation for him. If he comments on it, you can't, you can't control, you can't control someone that has obviously behavioral issues, whether it's because of addiction or what have you, it's not possible. You know, and I did watch the video 
after the phone call with Connor. And I mean, he's got his arm around her neck. Yep. And they they clearly kissed. There's no doubt about it. Now, was it a unwanted act by her? Was she resisting? I mean, and then he came up and kissed her again. And you could see her raise her left arm up yep. in the video. But again, I, I'm only saying I'm, I, you, you, the video, the video here, they clearly were kissing and he was the one that right. made the overture to kiss her. Uh, now, is there more to this story that meets the eye? Maybe, but when there is smoke, there's fire. And yep. this is a pattern of behavior with Jackson Mahomes that to say the least continues to be alarming. If it, and again, I talked about this yesterday. I don't know their family dynamic. I don't know if he's had a pattern of behavior issues ever since he was a kid, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you love your family members. But at right. some point, Patrick Mahomes needs to do what's best for him. And I just think this is that has to be unbelievably embarrassing yep. over and over and over again for a guy who really is the star of the National Football League. Yeah, and, and you know, like, Okay, you know, like for Brittany, I mean, as a female, you can't be making a comment like that. I mean, you know, nope. just because these, I mean, you're a female, you're supposed to like, you just cannot be making a comment like that, even if you think it's one way or the other. And, uh, but, you know, she doesn't have any sense. Uh, it's been proven over and over again. And I just really feel bad for Patrick because, you know, he, he really doesn't deserve this. So. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, other than that, when it comes to the Lakers Warriors, I do think the Lakers are going to win that series. But quite frankly, I could care less. Um, I hope whoever wins that series gets smacked in the second in the next round. And I think that one of our deficiency was uh, not getting the rebounds and, you know, basically you yep. know dominating on the low block. That is not the case with Anthony Davis. Um, so, <laughs> no, it is not. No, it is not. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is definitely um, not the, the case. The only thing I would say is this t- series can turn because Anthony Davis can get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. but uh, Well, yeah, he could get hurt uh, before the game starts. Do you see any tonight? way yeah. the Lakers – yeah. <laughs> and and do you see any way the Lakers – Any way the Lakers what? Series? Yeah. Lose this series? Yeah, I could see them losing the series. They're, yeah, I could see them losing the series. They're playing the Warriors. And, you, the, you, you know, you don't beat the Warriors until you have four wins. They only have one win. I, don't, I, I said to you yesterday when you asked me who I thought was going to win, I picked the Lakers because of the matchups. I look at matchups in a series. I, again, Anthony Davis is the one matchup that the Warriors have zero answer for, and it proved to be true in game one. Yeah, and, and the only thing I was saying is I guess I got to let you go. You broke up on me, buddy. We can't hear you. Here's the other aspect. The Warriors made their threes, and they still lost. So that, that's part of it, too. Thank you, Waggus. Let's get to John. John, welcome to the program. Grant, how are you? John, I'm good, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right, man. About this Lakers and Warriors, I got to root for the Lakers. Reason being, it is absolutely impossible for me to root for Draymond Green. And I'm not no, I'm not a huge LeBron fan, all the crap that he's done lately, you know, in this woke world. But I have a much harder time rooting for uh, – Draymond than I do LeBron. So that's where it lies with me. And I, I doubt if I'm well, the I, only one. I understand that. Yeah, I understand yeah. where you're coming from. Yep. Uh, and as for 
all the talk about not playing Davion, hey, my son and I, we've gotten gone into this, and it seemed ridiculous to me. And kind of like Ryan said, too, why don't you make a switch? Why don't you make a change? Just because you started like that and you thought that was going to be the best idea, that obviously when it was getting, you know, into the when, – when Steph was getting his 25th, 30th, 35th point in there and not slowing down, there had to be a time to make a change. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's how I look at that. And I, I believe that he, that Davion would have been the very best guy to guard Steph in that position. And, you know, like you say, we may not have won the game, but we wouldn't have lost by 20. Yep. And, you know, then when it, if it's within 10 with five minutes to go, hell, that's a tie game in this day and age of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> I, I Listen, I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mike Brown yeah. did what he think is best. You know, he made a coach's decision and it didn't work yeah. out, you know, and he, and he has to answer for that. And I agree. And Hey, even though it might sound like I'm slamming on him and you and a lot of people, I'm not, he did what he thought was best and I can do, you know, I'm not the coach. He can do what he wants and I'm not going to slam him for that decision. Cause you know, in the previous game, Terrence Davis, he did, did play pretty well, but the whole thing about yeah. Davion, every time he was on the court, against Steph, Steph was frustrated. He'd look over and shake his head, and he couldn't touch the ball. So, you know, that's that's where that lies with me. But I'm not going to slam Mike Brown. I am glad he's our coach. And all in all, I give him an A, if not an A-plus, for the season he's had. It, it's been just a fantastic year for him. And not everybody – Well, I bet, you, I bet you I bet you, if you ask Steph Curry, uh, you know, privately, he would say, boy, am I really happy Davion was only on the court eight minutes in game seven. I bet you that would be his response. I bet you are 100% right, and I'll bet, you know what, Grant? He might say that publicly, too, all right? <laughs> I don't think he will because he's he's a he's a huge supporter of Mike Brown, loves Mike Brown, and he's not going to say anything that makes Mike look bad. He's not going to do that. Yeah, I, you know, I do agree with you there. He's got a teammate, I'm sure, who would raise his voice, though, and say anything. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Yeah. Hey, I want to tell you, um, the podcast you had the other day with the Animal Advocates? Yes. That was one fantastic show, and and listening to part of Sean's story, you know, you 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 broke out some of the takes from Sean. That was one of the greatest shows Sean's had. And then, you know, I'm a huge animal advocate, and you know, just listening to listening to all of that, and it is really really great. And it makes me want to bring up something kind of quick. Today's my cat's birthdays, Grant. Okay, wow. May the all right reason I have these cats is my dog passed away six years and maybe a few weeks ago and I had to have them put down Grant like you were saying yesterday you've never had to have one put down look that was the hardest do and you know not withstanding recent events with my father and so forth but that was the hardest thing I, I had to do was have my dog put down who I love dearly he was 16 years old a great black lab and I got my cats because my son happened to be moving out of his place into another place. And he was in. Be so I took the cats, his two cats, and one of them had five kittens, Grant, who I fell in love with. And now I have five cats and oh, wow. I don't get birds eating my tomatoes or my oranges or anything. And, you know, my last name's Finch, so I love birds. <laughs> but my cats love to eat birds, so... It, it's just kind of it all goes full circle you know well uh, you never know and i'm not gonna say i'm never gonna get a dog again but 
you know, I love my cats like I love my dogs. And I just want to commend you for, for going any direction you want. It doesn't always have to be sports. It could be animals. It could, it could be absolutely anything. So I commend you and I thank well, you for I, your platform. And, thank and, you. Uh, I appreciate that, John. Keep it up, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Take care. You know, it's interesting because that wasn't obviously sports content. And I received so many compliments from that podcast that was released on Tuesday with uh, Dr. Jay Griffiths and uh, Amanda Connors that I was just really grateful to get the response that I received. Really grateful for that. Um, So thank you. Thank you for that, John. I really appreciate that. All right, let's get to uh, Patrick. Patrick, welcome to the show. How are you, Patrick? How are you doing, Grant? Good, Patrick. What's happening? I just want to second what John said about the podcast. I think it was a terrific job that you did. And uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I just wanted to tell you quick that, uh, you know, from experience back in 97 when the um, the Knicks and the Heat played and the um, the Knicks had a 3-1 lead in that series – it looked like we were going to play the Chicago Bulls the next round. And then that uh, fight broke out and all the suspensions. Yep. Make a long story short, the Heat ended up winning that series, and uh, they had to play the Bulls. And it was tough watching those two teams play. And I'm not saying the Knicks would have beat the Bulls the next series, but we would have given, given them a much better fight because the, um, the Heat ended up losing to the Bulls in five games, and that was very disappointing because I knew the Knicks would have given a better job. That's a spot and on. Good job that, yeah. right there. Yep. 100% yeah. correct. You're right on. Spot so, on. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of the King fans are probably like saying like, would have, could have, should have, you know, but what are you going to do? Yep. You just got to sit there and take it, you know? Yep. Got to get ready for next year. You got to add to your deficiencies. They need a guy that can rebound, you know, a bigger, uh, you know, force down low and they need a backup point guard, in my opinion, with, you know, a lot of experience. And I think if they're able to do those two things that I think they'll, they might, they might, move on in the playoffs next year. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, I guess I'll just say it quick that uh, I heard you on Waggers talking yesterday about, uh, you know, going to Madison Square Garden. I'm a former season ticket holder. I was I was there in the 90s, and uh, it was a great experience. If I can just tell you a quick story. Yeah, of course. Um, I was at a game once, and I sat next to this guy. My seats were, like, up in the nosebleeds, but they were, like, center court, so I got to see the whole the whole game. Sure. I had tickets there for a long time. And uh, this guy happened to sit next to me, and he was so obnoxious. I couldn't watch the game. He kept talking and talking, and I, all I wanted to do was watch the game. And near the end of the game, he goes to me, he goes, I bet you if this guy makes a four-point play, they'll tie the game. And I looked at him and said, you're ridiculous. That was the Larry. That was the Larry Charles four point play. We ended up hugging each other and, and high five, and it was great. I, I loved the guy afterwards. I couldn't, you know. So, I mean, that's right, so that's, that's the type of experience you. you get. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's New York. That's New yeah, York. Yeah, definitely, you. definitely. Yes, yes. That's beautiful. Yeah, oh my yeah. Gosh. I mean, I mean, one minute you can't stand the guy you're sitting next to, and then the next minute you just want to hug him. You're like, yeah, four point play. You know. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Patrick, yeah. thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Oh, you're welcome, Grant. Thanks. Have a good night. All right. Take care. You too. Oh, that's great. I love that. I do appreciate, too, all the comments on that podcast from Tuesday. It means a lot. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> there's just something about sports that you can go from 
<laughs> you know, looking at someone with a scowl, and the next thing you know, you're hugging them. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, I love stories like that. I I I know exactly where you're coming from. Oh, at Giant Stadium, uh, not MetLife Stadium, the stadium before that, there was the most obnoxious fan that used to sit right behind me, and he would criticize everybody, criticize Phil Sims, criticize this, criticize that. And it used to drive me crazy. And I remember once, you know, he was on Phil's case. And I love Phil Sims. I think he's one of the great New York Giants in the history of the franchise. And I can't remember exactly who they were playing or what the situation was, but he was ragging on Phil. And then Phil, you know, led the team down on like a 90-yard, two-minute drive to win the game. And I remember turning around, I go, hey, you still feel that way about Phil? Why don't you shut the hell up? And that's exactly what I said. And he didn't even say anything to me. He just smiled and because he knew I was right. And But I did say that to him. <laughs> I, I said, why don't you just shut the hell up? All right. I mean, it was just, it, it was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous, his criticism of uh, Phil. And it happened all the time. All right. If you want to get in on the program, just raise your hand uh, and we will do it. We say hi to Jerry. Hey, Jerry, how are you doing today? Hey, Grant. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you. Grant, got a question for you. When is the NBA going to do something about the dress code? Did you see James Harden walking into the arena yesterday? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, there's been, you know, Dylan Brooks, James Harden. And again, I don't think the guys need to be in tuxedos, but I, it's gone way overboard. You know, when David Stern was the commissioner for a period of time, there was a, a dress code. And then the players bitched and complained about it. And the Players Association and the league agreed to back off. But that, they've it's gone. It's gone overboard. It's ridiculous. It's it's a it's it's just absurd. You know, Grant. Even in the '80s, you would see the players coming in with uh, shirts and slacks. And you know what? You're a professional NBA player. You know what? Sh- you know, show a little respect, don't you think? I am old-fashioned. I agree a hundred percent. I love hockey for that reason. You know, hockey players they are required to wear you know jacket and tie. And no one complains about it. And I've known a lot of hockey players. They don't complain about it. They just do it. And um, maybe I maybe I don't need to see NBA players in a jacket and tie, but I think it's gone absolutely overboard. It's, to me, ridiculous. Grant, i tell you something. You know, Adam Silver better do something about his league, Grant, because you know what? I mean, you know, things like this, plus what's going on with the league, I mean, you know, he better step up and, you know, just grow a set because, I mean, this is getting ridiculous. Thanks for taking my call, Grant. All right, thank you. You know, in all fairness, um, to be calling it the way it is, the ratings for these playoff games have been very, very high. So Adam Silver's not going to do anything other than count his money. You know, Adam Silver's a puppet. He's a puppet commissioner. He's not going to do anything that upsets the players. All right? I mean, there's a backbone that David Stern had that Adam Silver does not have. That's very apparent. Adam Silver's not going to do anything. You know, they just they just finished their collective bargaining agreement. And I guarantee you there's nothing in there about the dress code, you know, just, I, I don't understand it either. Again, I don't think, excuse me. I don't think they need to be wearing tuxedos to the game, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's a little ridiculous. It's a little ridiculous. All right. If you want to get in on the program, uh, do so. I've got about uh, 17 minutes before I get ready for uh, my YouTube show. So if you want to get on, now is the time to do it. And we say hello to uh, Trent. What's up, Trent? 
Hey, good afternoon. Um, I was looking for your interview on Fox News back on Saturday, and I couldn't find it. Um, I, I got to say, I did see a picture of you, and you looked really sharp. I got to give you that compliment. So, looked really sharp. All right. Well, thanks. All right. So, um, the the Kings—they uh, had a great season. I consider myself a uh, born again Kings fan, and so. Um, I, I think that uh, it was a great season, and it was, you know, the city came together, and I think it was a good thing to have all your, all the watch parties and all that stuff, so thanks Thank for you. having them, and uh, Thank you. appreciate all the content. Thanks a lot. Thank you. If you want to watch the, my episode, just go to One Nation, Google Brian Kilmeade, One Nation, and every episode is there for you to watch, so pretty simple to do. Appreciate the phone call. All right, don't forget, in about 15 minutes, I'll be over on YouTube. Looking forward to that. And then we'll wrap up the week tomorrow at 5 o'clock Pacific. Have yourself a fabulous rest of your Thursday. And thanks very much for joining me right here on Listen Up.